we are joined by Packers football player Ty Montgomery, a, a cold-weather football player. Who knew that uh, growing up in Mississippi and Dallas and spending time out in Stanford, here you are in Green Bay adjusting to snow and Arctic temperatures, and you seem to be adapting just fine. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm making it. I can tell you. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I said it on my show at Clubhouse Live. Uh, I did not want to go anywhere cold um, before the draft, and I ended up in Green Bay. and. I was I, I was very thankful and I was grateful, but at the same time I was like I don't know how in the world I'm going to handle those December temperatures because all I've been hearing about is how cold it gets, and uh, you know lo and behold, been trying to trying to find a way, been able to get it done. Well, you told me you had fun in that game uh, against Houston, yeah. right? It was your first snow game ever. You didn't know what to expect. <laughs> First of all, what did you have for equipment to kind of make sure you were ready for the elements? Uh, I had some hand warmers. Uh, I had some toe warmers. And then I put on some warm skin. Um, I think that's been the biggest factor is the, the warm skin I put on. So what is that? Is that like a, a paste or a cream or what? What yeah, is it? It's it's kind of like uh, it's, the texture of it is kind of similar to like an icy hot or something. And I think. I think the science behind it or whatever is to clog up your pores to try to trap the heat in. Okay. And... It's been working. I'm not. I'm not gonna stop. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the snow game seemed like it was kind of fun, right? It wasn't as cold. I'm sure if you're involved in the game, you don't feel it quite as much. But I, that was kind of a different animal in Chicago, was it not? Because you didn't uh, have the snow, but it didn't look very nice. Yeah, it was. It was a different animal. Um, I definitely agree now with with the veterans um, that that have always said you want it to be snowing because that means it's not that cold. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> if it's snowing, it's cold. And uh, we, when we when we went out to practice Thursday, uh, I think that with the wind chill, it felt like negative 16. And I knew right then, I was like, this is what these guys are talking about. It was cold. Uh, thankfully, it wasn't, it wasn't as cold on Sunday, so I was prepared a little bit for it. But you can't really prepare. You just have to mentally get through it. So uh, let's go inside the, the huddle here, and uh, we'll go through a few plays in the Bears game. We'll look ahead to the Vikings game as well, and uh, we'll really dive into who you are as a person. Uh, walk me through one of your early runs. It was, a, a, I believe it was 61 yards, longest run from scrimmage by the Packers this season. Obviously running back is something that, that you're, you've grown with, and you've been a part of the, the running back group here for several weeks. But what did you see on that play? Because it looks like, when I watched the film, it looks like all you saw were Bears jerseys, and then something <laughs> happened, and you sprung free. Uh, f- first, let me start off by saying um, I've been talking a lot about communication, communicating with the O-line and the, and the coaches. And I remember Randall coming in and telling me that uh, EB, the offensive coordinator, is saying make sure you trust your aiming point. And y- usually he has some reminders and things like that, but he was spot on with that one. And I was like, okay, uh, maybe he sees something I don't see, so I'm really going to trust it this time. And I stayed with it. I stayed patient. I didn't see much, but I just tried to make a little jump cut to try to set up the aiming point to the outside where I was trying to get to. And uh, what do you know? It just it just popped open. I saw this small seam, and I just tried to get through it as quickly as I could. So that's that's the staple for being patient. And why running backs can't get ahead of the blockers and be too too quick to make a move, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the O-line, especially depending on what the defensive line does, they can't always get to their blocks as quickly as you want them to. And sometimes it takes a little bit of patience and a little bit of setting up by the running back to allow that to happen. And, I mean, if you, if you give those guys enough time, eventually, you know, I've learned that they'll, they'll find a way to get it done. There was another play called late in the game, prior to the play where uh, Aaron hit Jordy. We'll talk about that in a second. It was a second down, I believe it was a 10, uh, second and 10, and it was kind of a shovel pass to you from Aaron. 
that looked like it had room to go. And, and, and I looked at, you know what I mean? There was space, there was green grass, which is rare in Chicago in general. <laughs> Is that what you saw? Because I, I got to tell you what, the linebacker, you got to tip your cap. He made a great play, right? And all of a sudden that play was snuffed out. Yeah. But what, what did you see in that play design and, and what were you hoping for there? Yeah, well, um, first, I, d- I do got to give props because I believe it was 44. I cannot yep. pronounce his last name. Quiet Kajotowski <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, a long yeah. Polish name. Yeah, uh, we, we've uh, seen him on film, and he's, he's a good straight line runner, and he plays with a lot of power. And. I mean, he made a great play, but, I mean, if he wasn't there, I saw and I felt a whole lot of green grass. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was uh, when it was called, I was like, yes, I think we got a chance here. I think they were trying to play some type of, like, prevent defense or something, and there was a whole lot of green grass, and he just, he just made a good play. So on that play, T.J. Lang goes down, Lane Taylor goes down. They kind of collided with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got time here, right? You're dealing with an injury. Chicago elects not to do the 10-second runoff. Uh, time for Aaron to go over to the sidelines and have a discussion. Coming back to the huddle, what, what, when the play was called, first of all, was it a designed, let's go up top and take a shot here? Uh, was that the play design? Because I know sometimes Aaron and Jordy do a little wink thing, and all of a sudden <laughs> the play that was called is totally different. Uh, yeah, to be honest, I don't know. Um, when I was playing the running back position now there's certain things I listen for there's certain verbs that I listen for and I heard the protection I knew what I was supposed to do um but in terms of my thought process before the play I was thinking wow we just lost both of our guards um I'm I I initially thought pressure was going to be coming I thought there was no way they weren't going to bring pressure to try to stress the the two new guards that just came into the game get some pressure on Aaron um because he's done that enough times now where teams like, I mean, come on, it's, it's Aaron. He can throw the ball 60 yards down the field <laughs> and uh, if, if you give him time to do it, and mm-hmm. that's what he did. And they didn't bring any pressure, and I leaked out on my check down, and the next thing I know, I saw the ball in the air, and I was like, this looks familiar. Go get it, Jordy. Yeah, it was up there a long time, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And then it's kind of a panic, right? I mean, you got to get, you, you watch, and you're, you, I don't know if you turn into a fan <laughs> for that moment, but... Uh, you're happy as heck, but then you got a dark downfield, and by the way, your quarterback's got a sore calf, so does he need help, and what's going on with our linemen? I mean, that's kind of a chaotic situation, but it looked like you guys handled that beautifully. Yeah, yeah, um, we did. Um, it's something, situations like that, we, we, we kind of work on in practice, and, uh, you know, for me, I was so excited at first, I kind of uh, forgot a little bit, you know, the clock's still running, and I'm, I'm thinking we're about to get another play or something. But I was also thinking, just hurry up and get set. I don't know what's going to happen. And then it, like, it dawned on me as guys were getting to the line of scrimmage. I was like, oh, wow, we need to kick this field goal. <laughs> <laughs> so I just hurried up and got set. And I was just, you know, I was like, there, there's no way the refs are going to say I'm not set. I'm just going to get set. You know, a lot of people, Ty, would, would have, I, I think, more difficulty adjusting to a, a totally new position, new verbiage, like you said, the playbook. You spend your rookie season trying to digest that thing. It's big, and, and now it's, it's, it's different again for you, right, as, as the new position. When did that conversation begin? And it, was it a conversation, or was it one day somebody just said, Ty, you're in with the running backs this week? And, and it, how did you process that whole thing? Um, I don't remember exactly when it happened, but uh, I do remember a conversation. Just asked me what I felt about it, what I thought about it, and... I was excited for it. I was very open to it. Um, I like taking challenges head on. Um, I, I like trying new things, doing new things. And honestly, I used to always joke with myself, even in college, uh, I would say that I'm a running back who learned how to play receiver <laughs> and got good at it. <laughs> and so when they approached me about it, it was it, it was definitely right up my alley. Well, it, it seemed like we were just about to get a glimpse of that last year. 
Uh, so I want to hit the rewind button here. Let, let's go back to week six last season against San Diego. Mm-hmm. For the first time, fans, myself included, saw Ty Montgomery in the backfield. We'd seen Randall Cobb a little bit, but now it was your turn. And it looked good, right? I mean, it looked <laughs> right. I mean, here's the new wrinkle. Here's how you get a playmaker involved. And then you go down on the sidelines. And uh, it was thought that uh, Ty's got a high ankle sprain, and a couple weeks go by, and it's still working with that high ankle sprain. Yeah. We came to learn it was not a high ankle sprain. What actually happened there? I mean, how, how serious was that with your ankle? Because I think a lot of people thought he's going to be back on the field in a few weeks, no big deal. And then all of a sudden, poof, your season was gone. Yeah. Uh, initially, when it first happened, I initially thought I broke my leg. Um, I didn't think it was my ankle. Uh, the, the pain shot all the way up to, to my shin. Really? I thought my leg was broken, yeah. Um, I couldn't put any pressure on it. And uh, I couldn't walk for like mm, like two, three, maybe four days. I just I couldn't walk. And uh, as soon as I could walk, I started trying to jog. I started trying to run, working with the trainers. And we were in constant communication, and we all came to the agreement that, you know, it's just a sprain. That's what we're hoping. Let's just let's just keep trying to get it better. Um, and for a little while, it did seem like it was continuing to get better. And then after a certain point, um, I I knew, um, and I was I was telling I was telling the guys, and they um, they they understood that uh, something wasn't right. I I don't know what's going on, but it, but it's not right. And uh, you know, we ended up having surgery on it, and come to find out, you know, there was, there, there was a lot more going on. So can, can you describe what that was? So what, what actually happened there? Um, there was, let me see if I can remember what the doctor said. I think there was partial tears in the syndesmotic ligament that caused them to put, um, and the syndesmotic ligament is the high ankle sprain ligament. Okay. But it caused them to put tight ropes to hold the ligament or to, uh, to tighten the ligament back together. It just wasn't healing properly. Um, there was cartilage missing, I think, cartilage lesions I think is the correct term I'm not exactly sure but um, they had to do some procedures to replace the missing cartilage because there was a lot of bone on bone going on and something with the tail is so there was a lot they had to clean up that had to be devastating to you man I that's yeah. you know you're a young player in this league but uh, that that had to be a low point for you I remember seeing you on the, the little scooter around the locker room <laughs> I was like wow this is this is more serious uh, than we thought how did you get through it uh, and I just my, my my prayer life. I had to stay uh, stay up on my prayer life and keep myself um, distracted. Uh, not being on the field was was really hard. Um, spent a lot of time texting on the phone with friends and family, um, playing video games, just trying to keep my mind occupied. I still came to meetings, still tried to stay on top of the playbook because for some reason I was still thinking uh, maybe this thing gets gets healthy before and. Uh, before we expect it to, and uh, I can start running or doing something sooner than expected. And I ended up missing my whole off season. I didn't get an off season. I was just rehabbing. Um, so I really just had to just just stay up on my prayer life and just try to stay distracted. So this has been a, a remarkable turnaround from where you were a year ago, right? I mean, it, I, I, I don't know if you can really picture where you'll be a year from now, but if you go back to last year through the rehab session, I mean, this is what it's all about. I mean, you were the one of the most dynamic players on the field in all of the NFL last week. Uh, the most carries, most yards you've ever had. You found the end zone twice. I mean, it all paid off, right? I mean, th- th- there, there you are trusting God's plan, mm-hmm. uh, knowing that it, it's going to get better. It has to get better. And then you see it pay off, man. That has to be really rewarding. It's, it's very rewarding. Um, 
I've been I've been reading a lot, uh, you know, on, on how faithful the God is that I serve, and uh, that's He really has been. And a theme for me for this season um, has been the Israelites and their 40-day journey turning into 40 years because they were ungrateful to God for what He's for what He's done for them. And uh, you know, I was just kept telling myself, don't let my 40 days turn into 40 years. Uh, stay patient, acknowledge God in everything. Um, even though I'm not playing right now, even though I missed my off season, I went through the injury. God is still in this situation, and uh, you know He's He's going to make me prosperous. And I, I had to be content with if it's not in the NFL, it's going to be somewhere, and know that God is still in control in my life. And that's the that's the attitude, the mindset I have. And you know, it's 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 easy to want to say it's paid off, and it it, it kind of is starting to pay off. But I don't want to get complacent. I don't want to think that I've arrived and I've done enough. You know, I hope it continues to pay off throughout the rest of my career. Are some of those values that you're talking about your relationship with God? Uh, is that is that instilled from your your family life growing up? Yes, uh, I think so. Um, but I think an, an important piece as well is at a, after a certain point um, in college, I started to to do my own research, spending my own time with God, learning things for myself, asking questions that I never asked before, and started trying to find the answers to those questions rather than it just being, this is what I was told and this is what I was taught. You were born in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. You went to high school in Dallas. What's the time frame in between there? When did you move? Uh, I was born in Jackson, Mississippi, and then um, not too long after I was born, uh, I believe we moved to Atlanta, Georgia, lived there for a little while, moved to Houston. And then uh, I believe it was in kindergarten when uh, we moved to Dallas and been in Dallas ever since and uh, moved around the entire city of Dallas for a long time. Uh, I think my mom was in the flipping houses, so we lived <laughs> in the house until she could sell it. So so was that what prompted the, the moves from from state to state? Um, I think my mom's career, to be honest, I think it was my mom's career. Uh, I know for a while my mom was uh, in graduate school, I believe, working on a master's. Um, she went to Jackson State, graduated from Jackson State, and uh, my, my, my mom is, uh, she's very confident, and she's, uh, I don't know how to say it, she's uh, very, very persistent. She, she wants what she wants, and she wants to go get it. Um, and she's going to do whatever it takes, and she's going to do whatever it takes to make sure that the people she has to be responsible for are going to be taken care of. And um, he hearing from my siblings, that's how my mom was. And I think that's where a lot of the moving came from. She was just doing whatever needed to be done to make sure that she can take care of the people she needed to. What's the family dynamic like now for the Montgomery's? Uh, it's good. Um, we're, we're, I think we're in a growth period right now. Um, there's a lot of, just me being in the NFL, there's a lot of different things going on. Um, you know, dynamics are changing. But, you know, we're still very close. We are, we, are, we are very, very close. My mom still comes to, to games whenever she can. Uh, she's, she's missed more games this year than she has in a long time. Um, but she's been, she's been going through a lot, and I've been trying to be there for her. You, you mentioned siblings as well. Uh, so, so who do you got? The older brother? You're the middle of two? Is it sisters? What do you got? Yeah, so uh, well, I have, uh, we have the 17 foster brothers. Um, and 17? Yeah, 17. 17 foster brothers. Yeah. Uh, and for the most part, I was I was usually the youngest. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head how many were younger than me, but a couple were my age, and then I think a few were younger than me, but not by much. And they were all older than me. So uh, there was a lot of competing, a lot of fighting, a lot of growing up I had to do real fast. So uh, if you don't mind it, just indulging a little bit, were, were you adopted then? No. You weren't. So that that's your natural mother. Mm -hmm. Okay. But she adopted others? Yes. Okay. 
it's 17, <laughs> right? So, it, so when the Montgomery's moved, the Montgomery's moved, right? Yeah. Was that everybody, or, or was it different once you got to a new city? Was it, we, we're taking on more, we're going to help support more kids in this area? No, it was uh, when we moved, they moved. Okay. Um, so all that started in, in Mississippi? No, all that started in third grade. We okay. Were, we were already in Dallas, yeah. Um, but when, whenever we moved from one house to another, they all moved with us, and it made the moves easier because we had so many. You had a lot of help. Yeah. <laughs> Are you close with everyone? Uh, not all of them. Um, some of us, we've grown apart a little bit, but it, w- it wouldn't take much to reconnect. Um, the relationships were strong. I mean, th- those were my brothers. My mom became their mom. Their families became our families. Um, I'm, I'm still really, really close with, uh, with a few of them. Uh, but I think my mom has been able to keep in touch um, better than I have. Just cause I've been so busy with traveling and school and just and just really trying to stay focused. You've mentioned your mom a lot. W- was there a father figure growing up in your life too? Um, not much. For the most part, it was just my mom. Um, then she got remarried, and um, and they since they've been remarried, they have divorced. But uh, we were still close. Um, but for the most part, it was it was just my mom. Is that a void in your life? Do you think that now that you're, you know, 23, you're an adult, you're married now yourself? Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. Um, my mom's first marriage, um, and he's uh, he's actually who I'm named after, and he uh, he's been a father figure in my life, and he's someone that I've that I've looked up to, and a lot of uh, a lot of the other father figure that I've I've gotten is is from is from God. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of the Bible talks about being the father, and um, and us being his children. And I've I've kind of looked to that. So when you were going through high school, you were a very talented athlete in high school, football, track. We've talked about track and field. That was my sport in college. I love <laughs> that you represented that. When did you start to realize that y- you had a real path here in the sport of football? I mean, at some point, Stanford came calling. Mm-hmm. And, and that that has to be an eye opener, right? I mean, it, that, that it, what was that time like in your life? I'm gonna be honest. Um, I never once doubted that I had a path to go to the NFL. Um, there was never a point where I thought, "Oh, I actually have a shot." I always wanted, and I always knew that I had a shot—not in an arrogant way, but in just a if I put in the work and I keep doing what I'm doing. Um, I'm gonna have a shot somewhere, big or small. I don't care. This is this is what I want to do. I'm gonna keep working at it. So, since the age of seven, I had the dream of playing football, and I wanted to be a football player. And you know, I'm sure a lot of people thought like, "Oh, here's another kid with a pipe dream." Um, but to me, it felt real for a really long time. And every step just felt like the next step from Pop Warner to middle school to high school to college, and now to the NFL. Every step just felt like the next step in the journey. Well, it it seems like in I think a lot of athletes kind of fall into this it, it, it categorization, and it, maybe it's a bit of a stereotype that you know playing college sports, be it you know basketball, baseball, football, one of the major sports, is a vehicle to the professional level, and it is. Mm-hmm. But you chose Stanford. Yeah. There's something bigger about going to Stanford, right? I mean, yeah. there just is. Yeah. So, your education is obviously very important to you. What was it about Stanford that that really lured you in? Because that's pretty far from home. Uh, well, one, I was never afraid of going going away from home. I actually wanted to be be away from home because I spent so I mean so much time around the city of Dallas and in the state of Texas, uh, Mississippi and Tennessee, where all my family is. That I wanted to go somewhere 
where I may not ever get to go again. Um, you know, you talked about where, where was that point where um, you kind of realized I had a shot. It got to a point where I realized at some point this might not work. Not, not that I have a shot, but I knew at some point it might not work. So um, why not do something that's going to set me up? Why, why not take advantage of where football is going to take me? If football is going to get everything out of me, I want to make sure I get everything out of football. So I wanted to go somewhere far away from home. I might never get to go to California again, but college football has taken me to so many different places that I never thought I would go to. I've seen so many different things. And uh, now going to Stanford, it's, it's kind of, I, I think it's helped me professionally um, in, the, in the degree that I'm going to get. Uh, Stanford was always talked to me about, Stanford to me, and it was always taught to me that Stanford's a 40-year decision, not a four-year decision. And I even even back then, you know, a lot of people say I have an old soul. I'm mature for my age. Back then, I was thinking about my future family and what this is going to do for my family. So uh, you end up at Stanford, and uh, was that an easy decision, or were there a lot of other schools kind of in the mix? Do you remember? Uh, there were definitely other schools in the mix, and initially, <laughs> there was no way I would go to Stanford. I didn't really one. I didn't think I could get in, and two, um, they weren't playing very well. I wanted to find the best athletic academic. Um, combination I could find because, like I said, at the end of the day, like my ultimate goal was to play in the NFL. Um, but over o- over some time, um, Stanford started to really grow on me, and I committed to them before the Orange Bowl. So before they really started having all those wins, I was already committed to Stanford. And you said you're working toward your degree, or, yeah. or do you have it? Uh, the the university has allowed me to walk because of the number of units I already have. Okay, I'm so close to finishing. Um, I took one quarter off which I believe is half a semester, I think. Okay. I took one quarter off to train for the draft. Um, looking back on it, I wish I would have just trained at school, but I have to go back and finish that quarter. What's your degree going to be in? Political science. Okay. Can, can you see yourself using that beyond the sport of football? Yeah. Um, my, my focus was theoretical politics, so if you start asking me about um, the government system and all that stuff, I probably wouldn't have too much for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot of the classes I took um, were on um, political theory, and when I say that, I mean justice and injustice, right versus wrong, um, the found foundational thinking for why laws were created and the social contracts between people and uh, interactions between people. I mean. Uh, Political science, we think about president, executive branch, et cetera. But to me, political science is how we as people interact with one another. Um, and so for me, I took that and I wanted to go into law enforcement someday. Um, FBI is something that's came to my mind. Is that still something that's, that really interests you? Yes, it is. Yeah. Just, I don't know, just, just want to help people. I'm, I'm physically uh, gifted. And if I could put those physical gifts to use, that's, that's what I want to do. Um, and, you know, I, I love theory so much, too, uh, you know, as far as thinking about what's right, what's wrong, utility. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's a need for that in this, in, in this world right now. And I just, I don't know, just want to do something with it. When you were in high school, you were uh, ranked by Max Preps as the 177th best player in the United States. <laughs> One of your teammates was ranked in the top ten. One of your teammates now. Mm-hmm. That particular year when uh, you'd committed to Stanford, do you know who that is? Uh, Top ten in the nation in 2011. And he was the same year as me. Same year. But I think he's he's been in the league one year longer than you. Mm. Uh, I would. You might laugh at his first name. 
Oh, Haha. Ha. Haha was number seven. <laughs> number seven in the country. I'm surprised he hasn't told you about that. No, he hasn't mentioned it. Um, hey, what does all that stuff mean to you? I mean, I just, you know, where you're ranked, or are you looking at what scouts had to say about you when you were drafted? Uh, a lot of folks said combo guy. Some said best kick returner in the draft. Others said big, strong, and fast. One said way too much at the combine. You're all jacked up. I can see it working out a lot. Uh, one says built like a running back. Maybe some uh, foreshadowing there. Some said, uh, had he come out early, I would have had him in the first round. I'd now take him in the fourth round. Do you see that stuff? Does it, do you care about it if you do see it, right? I mean, everybody wants to put a grade on someone and tell you what you can and cannot do. You know in your own mind, own mind what you can and cannot do. What does that stuff even mean? Uh, I, I, I take it with a grain of salt. Um, you know, I, I try to, uh, I was actually just reading today in Proverbs, you know, you have to be able to take criticism. Um, but not all criticism is, is constructive. So uh, I try to sort of had to pick my way through what what was constructive and, and what wasn't. Uh, you know, if somebody thought something about me, you know, so be it. If I didn't think it was true, um, if somebody thought I couldn't do something, so be it. I, I'll show you what I can do. Um, you know, I, I've always said all I need is a chance. All I need is somebody to, to show me what to do, and I'll, I'll figure out how to do it, and I'll, I'll get it done. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad Green Bay took a chance on me. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. You know, if if, if I had it came out the year before, you know, the, the scouts had said I came out, if I had it came out a year before versus coming out this year, I mean, I'm in my mind, I'm the same guy. I did, sure. the, I did the same stuff, so I don't, I don't know what the big difference was um, in his mind. Uh, but, you know, if, maybe if I had it came out the year before, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be in this position. Maybe I wouldn't be playing running back and, you know, having the success I'm having right now. So, you know, it's, I'll take it with a grain of salt. Was, is it fair to say one of your highlights from your college career was playing in a Rose Bowl? Or where would you rank that? Uh... Because you played and beat Wisconsin, I, I'm, I'm reminding our <laughs> listeners. Uh, so we'll yeah. get into that a little bit too. But I don't know. I, I don't know if I put it up there um, with my with my best memory. I mean, okay. play, playing the Rose Bowl was definitely fun, and beating Wisconsin, lo- losing to Michigan State, uh, that that wasn't fun. Um, but I remember the triple overtime game at USC. That game was really fun. I remember playing in the Fiesta Bowl. That was uh, the first bowl game against Oklahoma State. Um, I think those two were probably two of my fondest memories from college. Well, you beat Wisconsin. I think it was 20-14 to 14 or something like that. I didn't know Ty Montgomery at that point, but I was a little <laughs> frustrated by the outcome. I uh, was not at that one. Uh, I was at the one against TCU. Uh, a couple high-profile college athletes have decided to sit their bowl game. Uh, one from Stanford, Christian McCaffrey. is not going to play in... Uh, I think it's the Sun Bowl, and, and LSU's playing in the Citrus Bowl. And, and, look, these are not the college football playoff games, so it's maybe looked at a little different. What's your stance on that? you got a shot maybe to you know, close out your career in college, or you're looking ahead and making a business decision to the NFL? Uh, you know, I don't think you can fault the guys for, for making that, that decision. Um, logically, it makes sense as to why, why, why they chose to make that decision, and I, I wish them the best of luck. Um, but me, I don't think I would have made that decision. That that's just me. That's hard to just kind of turn your back on a team, right? I like that. I mean, I, I understand that's it, it could cost you millions, right? If you get hurt and you got a high grade, but hey, there's part of that commitment that that I, I struggle to wrap my arms around. Um, for me, I think that's 
that's what it would have boiled down to was commitment and just wanted just wanted to finish out the season. Uh, you know, finish what I started. NFL still going to be there. Uh, you know, I, I know the chance of getting hurt, but personally for me, um, you know, it wasn't like you know I would have been thinking about getting hurt during the regular season either. So why, why all of a sudden is this game just because it's the last game? Uh, but you can still understand why those guys made the decision that they made, and I don't really fault them for it. We'll look ahead to the Vikings game here uh, coming up in a couple of minutes, but uh, it, perhaps more importantly, you got your Christmas shopping done? Yeah, I did all my Christmas shopping yesterday. Every, every all of it? <laughs> yeah. I did Were you clicking Christmas. away online, or are you out at the malls? I was, I was, at, I was out at the stores, and then I started clicking away online. <laughs> so a combo platter. Out. Yeah, yeah. I did, just did it all in one day, and this is actually the earliest I've started my Christmas. Shopping. <laughs> it's December twentieth. I'm usually really, really bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and you're married too, right? Yeah. I'm so, uh, and your wife's name is Remy. Yes, Remy. So, when did y'all get married? Uh, we got married June seventh. June seventh. So this will be your first Christmas together, right? As a married couple. Yeah, first so, Christmas. Married so what, what's the plan here? I obviously got a game on Christmas Eve, but you'll have time off after that. So what, what's the Montgomery family Christmas now? First year as a married couple. Uh, it'll be fun. You know, I'm looking forward to starting some, starting some, uh, some uh, traditions. Uh, I'm hoping we break out the movies and the hot chocolate and the board games. Uh, I don't know if any family will be able to make it. Uh, they have lives too. Uh, I wish they could, but. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to really starting some some really cool traditions. You know, as, as a family, we've already got presents under the tree, and she was really excited to get the tree out and uh, get the decorations out and everything. So, so is that is that kind of new territory for you, having the house that's now decorated for Christmas? I, I don't know if you know, 21 year old Ty Montgomery was out at Hobby Lobby buying stuff, but is that kind of cool, right? I mean, you're you're an adult now. You're going to start getting drills and vacuums and stuff like that for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, it was it was new, but I was I was kind of excited for it. Um, you know, I kind of look at it as, you know, kind of what we start now could end up being what carries on to our kids in the future. Um, you know, and, and it, it, it could be a lot of fun. You know, by myself, when I was in college, I didn't really care about, you know, going to get the Christmas tree and all that. I was just thinking about the money I'm spending. And I was just <laughs> like, I don't, I don't really want to waste money on that. I'm, I don't need a Christmas tree to have the Christmas spirit. <laughs> Were there some traditions growing up that, that you'd like to carry through to your family? Um, <clears throat> nothing specific that I can think of. You know, I just remember not being able to sleep at night because I was so excited. Um, and then uh, waking up and just seeing all the gifts and, you know, my mom, you know, had me really, really excited. And I do remember putting cookies out for Santa as well, so. Do you, do you have Christmas music in your car? I mean, are you really getting into it? <laughs> so a uh, funny story is uh, Remy and I, uh, we, we kind of work out together sometimes. and. She doesn't really like it when I put on Christmas music in the middle of the workout. <laughs> I put on Pandora, like the 2000s Christmas songs or something, and all of a sudden you know, hear Mariah Carey and all that, and she's like, I don't want to hear that while I'm trying to do abs and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? It's a little Yuletide spirit. You get a Christmas, get a Christmas spirit going while you work out. So. Well, and you were always in warm weather. I mean, now you've got snow. So, I mean, you're really <laughs> embracing the whole Christmas spirit. Oh, yeah, yeah, especially coming from California because there aren't really seasons in California. That's one thing I didn't like about California. Uh, it's just year-round. It was the same. You know, there wasn't really a fall. There wasn't really a winter. Uh, everything felt like spring all the time. Do people put up Christmas lights in Dallas? Yeah. In California, they do? Yes. Uh, I don't remember seeing too many in California. But in Dallas, uh, my mom and I, we actually we used to drive around the neighborhoods and go look at the lights. Yeah. A couple quick nuggets here on the, the Vikings before we let you go. It's, I mean, 
you guys now control your own destiny, which is a great thing. Still a lot of work to do here in knocking off two division rivals. But there also has to be a, a tremendous sense of confidence after winning four in a row. Do you reflect on a, a point where the team kind of galvanized after a, a month where things weren't going your way? Uh, there's not really anything in particular that I can think of. But, um, you know, I do remember after, after Aaron saying, you know, he thinks we have a shot at running the table. Uh, you know, once he said it, I think we all knew that we, we need to back him up. And we also, we also believe that, too. But now that someone said it, we need to go do it. After we got that first win, then we knew we like we really had a chance. Because I mean, winning six games in a row on the backstretch like this isn't it's, it's not easy. And I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't have expected us to even have have won this many. So uh, you know, we just we just want to keep it going. It's going to be two tough games. We get a cold weather game again. So <laughs> it, thankfully, you're getting used to this, right? Yeah. Hopefully, not as cold as Chicago. That looked raw, man. <laughs> that, that looked raw. But then there's also a chance to play a home playoff game at Lambeau, and. Uh, I, you you you, you, you want to have that home game. You want to have that home field advantage. I'm sure it's all right there for you guys. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I got to tell you, I I didn't really understand what was the home field advantage because I mean the Colts sucks no matter who you are. Sure. Uh, but I do kind of get it now because that first time I went out there and it was negative 16 at practice, I was like, I get it now. You know, a team that that doesn't see this every day and then they come out here, it's kind of shocking. But if you've been in it, there's no really no getting used to it. Like I said, you just kind of know what to expect. So, uh, you know, that, that home field advantage would definitely be nice. But if we go, if we end up playing somewhere warm, that works in our favor, too. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be okay. That'll be okay. Well, hopefully uh, we're talking about climate control of the Super Bowl uh, before too long. Ty, it's uh, been great catching up, man, and getting to know a little bit more about you. Merry Christmas, man. God bless. Thank you. Merry Christmas. You bet.